Do you know what psoriasis is? Uh, briefly. What do you think it is? Is it when the skin flares up? Do you know what psoriasis is? It's a complaint of the skin, which uh, can be hereditary. It is not something that you would um, take on lightly if it if you were fortunate to be inflicted, afflicted. Uh, and I would think, although I don't know, but I'm guessing it's quite difficult to control. Do you know what psoriasis is? Um, briefly, not barely, a little bit. What do you think it is? Um, I know that it's something to skin where it sort of duplicates a little bit. Do you know what psoriasis is? I do. What is it? It's a condition on the skin, uh, and it's in. It can get quite inflamed. Sort of. What do you think it is? Uh, I think it is a skin condition, but that's all I know. Psoriasis is a skin condition that 2% of the UK population have, so that's around 1.3 million. In the next 45 minutes or so, you will learn about the condition and just how it affects people. Not only in their day-to-day life, but also how it affects their mental health. I'll be speaking to a dermatology professional about psoriasis, as well as people that suffer with the condition on a daily basis. The best way to describe how psoriasis affects you is it's like having extra skin growing on you, but not like normal skin. Scales of bright red, itchy skin, because that's what's happening. Professionally put, The life cycle of your skin cells greatly accelerates, leading to build-up of dead cells on the surface of your epidermis. Psoriasis is a skin disease that causes a rash with itchy, scaly patches, most commonly on the knees, elbows, trunk and scalp. A bit later, I'll be speaking with a dermatology expert to explain psoriasis. You're probably thinking, why am I making this? Well, at the age of 15, I started to suffer with psoriasis. It started to develop on my scalp. It became irritating. But if I'm honest, it was a massive scare and I didn't quite understand what to do. It was all during the COVID-19 pandemic. And during this time period, my psoriasis started to move across my body, moving to my back and my forehead, and then covering most of the top of my body. During this time, I really struggled to deal with it, the fact that I had psoriasis. Mentally, I was in denial of the situation. I refused to use or take the prescribed medication to help it become less itchy and to help deal with the bright red patches and make them less angry and red. This was the start of my mental battle of me not believing I had it. It went on for months until one day I tried and I put cream on my chest the area which caused me the most discomfort. And of course, it worked. It took the scaly patch of skin and broke it up and made it easier to deal with. And as I continued to use the creams and ointments, and as they started to work, it helped me make a start on treating my condition. But the toll was still massive on my mental health. Stress does affect psoriasis, and at the time, I was going through the uncertainty of the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as preparing for my GCSE exams. All of this, 
plus trying to understand what's happening to your body when there are scales of skin all over it. I didn't know how to deal with all these emotions. I was massively overwhelmed by them all. I fell into a state of depression. There was not a day for a long time where I was happy. I didn't deal with these things very well. I was frustrated and angry and took it out on the wrong people. When the UK started to open back up again and everyone was allowed out, it caused me to become massively anxious. As a lot of the clothes I wore were black. This meant the flakes of psoriasis coming off my scalp would show up. This created an issue in school as my uniform blazer was black, causing me to worry about what people thought. One day I was in the classroom of my favorite class, food technology, and someone pointed out the psoriasis in my ear and started making fun of it. I had never felt so embarrassed in my life. I ran out of the room and the school let me go home. I struggled for a few days and I really didn't want to go back to school. To get me to walk through the gates again was such a mental battle. This made me feel so anxious, still to this day, that someone makes a comment. As I mentioned about clothing, it was a life-changing thing. Most of the clothes I owned was dark and I didn't feel comfortable being out. So I had to buy a whole new wardrobe to feel comfortable leaving the house. The problem with clothing really affects what job you can work at. Because I don't feel comfortable working in a dark uniform. Other small things affect me, like when I go to watch a show and I may want to buy a t-shirt. If there's not a light option, I miss out on that. And I do massively struggle with the work aspect of things because as I said, it massively affects my confidence that dark clothes make my psoriasis show up more and a lot of companies use dark clothing as their uniform. So it does limit the jobs I can go for. That was just a little bit of my story but I'm going to speak to someone else with psoriasis today. The question that people always ask me is, how do you get psoriasis? This is a difficult question to answer as it's not really known, but this is what the NHS has to say. It's not known exactly why this happens, but research suggests it's caused by a problem with the immune system. This is incredibly frustrating to read as it creates more questions than answers for people with psoriasis. According to the National Psoriasis Foundation in the US, around 3% of the world's population have psoriasis. That means roughly 240 million people suffer with the condition worldwide. How do we not know what causes it? The medical world understands what it is and what it does to the body and how it affects people, but there's no way about finding how it starts. It's baffling. Some things are known about psoriasis though, starting with does it just happen suddenly? Again, there is not too much known about this. But one thing that is known is that you can just start suffering with the condition. It can start suddenly or slowly. Again, there's no answers behind this. It's a common theme for psoriasis. Unfortunately, there's not a massive, massive amount of research into the condition. Now I'm going to have the opportunity to speak with Lauren Cutler, someone who has suffered with psoriasis for over 20 years. She will now share her story with us now. I'm now delighted to be joined by Lauren Cutler, someone that has had psoriasis for over 20 years. How are you this afternoon? 
I'm good. I'm glad to be speaking with you. So I want to start off with when did you first realise you had psoriasis? So I started with um, psoriasis when I was about, I think I was about 18. um, And I noticed it on the very front of my head, just on my scalp. Um, And it was pretty much just on my scalp for about a year. Um, And I went to my GP um, who said it was wasn't psoriasis and it was dandruff, um, but I knew that it was because my dad has it. Um, so my GP wasn't initially very helpful, um, but then when it got progressively worse, um, I did actually see a different GP. Um, so yeah, I was sort of eighteen, nineteen when it when it first noticed it had started. So when you have had psoriasis, can you just talk me through some of the treatments that you've gone through, medications, trials, if you've had any, that sort of thing? So my um, my psoriasis is quite complex um, in the sense that I have other autoimmune conditions. Um, so treatment plans are a little bit more complicated than they would be for somebody who just had psoriasis um, I'll explain why in a minute um, so as I said it started on my scalp and then as it started to spread um, I was prescribed creams and um, the usual kind of um, steroid creams or um, moisturizers which are good but they are difficult to put on in, because you have to remember to put them on and especially if you've got it on lots of different parts of your body, often a tube that's prescribed doesn't last very long. Um, so, yeah, creams worked for a little bit, and then I got referred to a dermatologist um, who was brilliant, and I started light treatment pretty quickly. Do you want me to explain light treatment? or? Yes, if you could, that yeah. would be very helpful for everyone. So I've had two different types of light treatment. So the first one is basically where you um, stand inside like a big TARDIS um, and you are given, essentially it's like a large sunbed, but it's um, not quite as harmful as going on an actual sunbed. It's very strictly monitored. So you, you only start off in there for maybe, I think like 10 seconds and then... Um, over the 12-week course, you are in there for longer and it gets more, um, there's more intense um, UV beamed through it. So over time, so at the end of your cere- over 12 weeks, you could be in there for six minutes on a much higher heat. Now, the first time I had that, it worked really, really well. Um, but I would say at that point, my psoriasis was probably only over about 20% of my body. So although it was it was severe enough to have treatment, um, it wasn't, it was more difficult to, more, it was easier to treat because obviously it wasn't as widespread. Um, and then, I'm, I'm really bad, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure I had it again a couple of years later. Um, it wasn't as successful the second time. So I was then put on, um, a tablet called 
methotrexate, which is, um, I'm not quite sure how that works, but basically it's a treatment that you, you have for different autoimmune conditions. Psoriasis and um, arthritis are the two main ones that you'd go on it for. Um, that worked again, but unfortunately I had to come off that because it started to affect my liver, which it can do, but because you're so closely monitored with blood tests and things, any issues that arise, you'd come off it straight away and they resolve themselves. It's not causing any lasting damage. Um, I was then put on another tablet called Cyclosporin, which is actually initially designed for um, an anti-rejection drug for people who have transplants. Um, so a lot of these medications are actually designed for something else, but they discover that they also work for your skin. So Cytosporin wasn't my favourite. Um, they are huge tablets and I felt quite sick and just a bit of a weird side effects in general. I wasn't particularly happy on them, but they did their job and, you know, the fact that they did that outweighed the side effects for me. Um Eventually, they stopped working, so I was then eligible for something called Biologics, which is a group of um, IV or infusions, and there's lots of different biologics that work in multiple different ways, um, but basically, the main thing that they do is that they um, block the reactions in your body that cause psoriasis, um, so and it's, I mean, it's really clever how it works. They're genetically made in the lab um, so that they're literally targeting just the cells that um, reduce the overgrowth of skin cells. So a normal drug would go in your whole body, but biologics bypass everything else and just target the thing that it's needed for. Um, so... I've had multiple ones of these. I'm actually on biologic number 11, um, which is quite a lot for somebody to be on. I don't know many people who've had that many different biologics. Um, in between all this, I also had a different form of light therapy called PUVA, which is pretty much similar to the other light therapy that I had, um, apart from... You have to take a tablet, and um, I think it's 24 hours before you have your light therapy, and then you have to wear goggles or sunglasses because it can affect your eyes. So you have to wear sunglasses for, I think, 24 hours, which was great when I was teaching because I'd have to go into school with sunglasses on <laughs> and wear them all day. Um, and, and then you have your treatment, and then I think it's another 12 hours afterwards. So that's a bit of a strange one. You mentioned again, there that, that worked temporarily. You mentioned there about when you were teaching about the mm -hmm. sunglasses. Can you give me some more examples of how it's affected you in your day-to-day -day life? Yeah, so um, psoriasis is, is a really, um, like I said, I've got several autoimmune conditions and I'd say psoriasis is the most complicated one um, because it's so visual Um so in the, when I was teaching, I mean, I was teaching when my psoriasis was over probably 80% of my body. Um, so that's legs, torso, arms, face, everywhere. Um, 
So I hadn't really, when I look back on it now, I realise how much I was doing to try and hide that I had it. So I'd always wear things like long sleeve tops. Um, I've got a fringe, so you can't see it on my forehead. Um, and even in the, you know, the boiling hot weather, I would always have a cardigan on or long sleeve tops because I didn't want anyone to see and I didn't want anyone to comment on it. Um, and I just remember like the children were always just so lovely about it. And because I had it on my hands, they would, they'd ask what it was, but they weren't nasty about it. They were just inquisitive. Um, and they were always really um, helpful if I couldn't bend down because my skin was cracked. You know, they, they'd always kind of help me get things. Um, most of the people I worked with were really lovely. Um, so, for example, when I went to the toilet, my skin would shed everywhere. But the brilliant um, cleaner at the place I worked, she had psoriasis and she was just amazing. And she'd always be like, tell, tell me not to worry. Um, again, friends at work would. But it's just little things like sitting in the staff room. I'd sit down and the, the seats were a navy, I think they were like a navy dark blue. And I'd know that I'd sit down on the safe, on the chairs and I'd stand up and there'd be skin left behind. And it was just really embarrassing and I hated it. Um, you know, comments were made by some not very nice people like, oh, you're a bit of a messy eater, aren't you? And things like that. Um, which is, you know, it really upsets you at the time. You're just so conscious about everything, everywhere you go, everything you do. Um so it's it's more than people would realise, I think. Um, but then as time went on and I got a bit more kind of, I'd say comfortable with, with having it. I mean, I'm talking sort of 10, 15 years it took me to do this. I know once when I was, um, it was a boiling hot day and I'd, I was working at a different school and it was absolutely boiling and there was, no air in the room the windows would open but there was just no air coming in and I thought I can't I can't teach like this I'm going to have to take my cardigan off so and I was teaching multiple age groups so I had five-year-old children in the morning and 11-year-old children in the afternoon so quite a difference really and I spoke to them about what not in a dramatic way but I explained to the children that um my skin was a bit poorly and I did say it didn't hurt, although we know that it does, um, and that they couldn't catch it. And if they touched it, it wouldn't hurt them or it wouldn't hurt me. And if there was any questions they wanted to ask me, they could ask me about it and I wouldn't, it wouldn't offend me or I wouldn't get upset. Um, and they didn't have to ask me them there and then. If they wanted to ask them me later on, they could do. <clears throat> and I said, at some point, I might take my cardigan off so you might see it on my arms or my legs or my feet. Um, and obviously, inevitably, I did. And I, I, nobody, none of the children, made a reaction like I thought they were going to do. I thought there'd be a few, ooh, what's that? But honestly, actually, no one child said that. But I think it was more out of embarrassment. But the rest of the children were completely okay with it. They just wanted to know what it was called. And I, that was it, that was it basically. Um, and if it hurt, um, and then some of them said some beautiful things. Um, and, and, and that sort of taught me that actually 
most people are kind. Um, most people see it, but they, they're not going to think, oh, gosh, that's horrible, that's disgusting. Of course, there are a few people that, that may think like that, but I think that's a really small percentage. Um, and I think it took me that, that long, those, that 15 years, to realise that it was okay. I could go out with a short sleeve top on um, and, you know, not be bothered. And so it was that, that moment on kind of made things a little bit different, really, in how I, how I went about things and how I dealt with things. I just want to thank you very much for coming on today and spreading your knowledge and your experiences with psoriasis. Okay. Treatment for psoriasis is categorised into three different categories. Opical, creams and ointments applied to your skin. Phototherapy, your skin is exposed to certain types of ultraviolet light and systematic oral and injected medications that work throughout the entire body. These are commonly combined to help deal with psoriasis. For a lot of people, these treatments are essential. They will not be able to move or have a semi-normal life without these treatments. Other types of treatments include tropical treatments. These are usually the first treatments used for mild to moderate psoriasis. These creams and ointments you apply to affected areas. Some find the tropical treatments are all they need to control their condition, although it may take up to six weeks before there is a notable effect. If you have scalp psoriasis, a combination of shampoo and ointment may be recommended. Emollients are moisturising treatments. They can be applied to the skin to reduce water loss and cover it with a protective film. If you have mild psoriasis, an emollient is probably the first treatment your GP will suggest. Steroid creams or ointments are commonly used to treat mild to moderate psoriasis in most areas of the body. The treatment works by reducing inflammation that slows the production of skin cells and reduces itching. Tropical corticosteroids range in strength from mild to very strong. Only use them when recommended by a doctor that is what's said. The main benefit of emollients is to moisturise the skin and reduce itching and scaling. Some of the tropical treatments are thought to work better on moisturised skin. Wait at least 30 minutes before applying the tropical treatment after the emollient. That is again what is suggested to do when using these. And without these necessary treatments, life can become so difficult. There is no cure for the condition, but these are methods to help deal with patches of psoriasis. I will now speak to Rebecca Swan, a professional in the dermatology industry. The opinions shared in the following interview are Rebecca's and not of the Global Psoriasis Atlas or Manchester University. I am now delighted to be joined by Rebecca Swan. And instead of me getting to explain what she does, I'm gonna ask her if that's okay to explain what you do as your job. Um, I work for a project um, that's based at the University of Manchester called the Global Psoriasis Atlas. Um, And 
the purpose of the atlas is to try to um, uncover and understand more about how many people around the world have psoriasis. Um, and the ultimate um, goal, I suppose, um, of that is to improve those individuals' access to care um, and treatment for their psoriasis. So during this documentary, I've sort of been talking about different treatments, different people's stories, including my own. And obviously you researching into the world and how really how many people have psoriasis is such an important thing. Because the thing I found with doing this documentary is that although there is a lot of research into psoriasis, there's not maybe as much as I first anticipated, which sort of shocked me a little bit but to hear that there are people doing research into how many people have it around the world is a really good thing to hear yeah i think i think you're right i think that um there's a lot that we do know or that that researchers and dermatologists do know and understand about psoriasis um but equally there's a lot that's still important to to find out and what the work um, of the researchers um, that work on my project has discovered is that actually there is data um, available in some countries on the number of people that have psoriasis in those countries. But in lots of parts of the world, there is no data, there, there are no data available at all. And obviously from an individual point of view, if people, um, you know, policymakers and people who provide healthcare don't fully understand where the people with psoriasis are and how many of them there are, then um, it stands to reason that they perhaps aren't being able to access um, the treatments that they, that they need and the support that they need. Um, because as you've quite rightly said, it, you know, psoriasis can have a significant impact on the life of the individual um, and is much more than just a skin disease and so raising awareness as well um, for people who don't have um, the disease is also really important so that people understand um, and that the stigma um, that sometimes occurs around psoriasis is actually reduced because people are given more information um, and understand more about it. So it, it is a really important project and, and one of the things that the project has discovered is that um, whereas previously it was thought that the numbers of people in um, countries around the world with psoriasis was, was similar, so the prevalence of the disease was similar, um, in actual fact our research um, at the Global Psoriasis Atlas has uncovered that it's different in different locations around the world. And so that's also interesting. Um, the other thing that researchers are starting to find out more about is that um, it presents differently um, on, in different populations. So it might not appear the same on the skin um, in a certain um, population ethnic population as, as it does in another um, and it also might be associated with different conditions in different populations and so there's lots that, that these researchers are, are being able to find out from working with these specialist dermatologists 
from around the world who have got this interest in psoriasis. So it's kind of great to be able to develop and, and work as part of um, a, a global network, if you like, of people who um, are all have all have the same aim, um, and that is to improve understanding of psoriasis. I think that's that's so important, the understanding and, and the stigma around psoriasis, which is something we, we've touched on in, in this sort of documentary podcast. Right. Uh, I, I want to ask you sort of what made you want to become a researcher into psoriasis? So um, my background is nursing, actually, and I started out life um, working in um cardiology so I looked after people with um, heart disease um, people who'd had um, heart attacks and needed heart surgery and worked on rehabilitation with them so my background is nursing and as part of my um, nurse training I didn't actually do um, a dermatology placement so my understanding of dermatology skin disease was really quite limited but I um, got a job as a dermatology research nurse um, working in Salford um, on the Damato Pharmacology Unit there at Salford Royal. And that's where my interest and understanding of psoriasis um, really developed. And I had the privilege of working on um, a number of different clinical trials. So those were um, trials looking particularly at um, some drugs called biologic drugs um, for psoriasis. So I was able to work with um, people who had psoriasis who were taking part in the trial. And because of that experience, I've really got to know how psoriasis impacts on individuals um, and to understand the challenges that, that people with the disease faced in their everyday life be it with things like, um, you know, pain, itch, the flaking from skin that often people don't fully um, appreciate, you know, just the impact that that can have with people telling me that they needed to, you know, hoover regularly, that they had to think about the clothes that they wore. Um, perhaps, you know, sometimes people were saying that they didn't like to you know, go swimming or they didn't feel comfortable attending a gym because of the fact that their skin was flaking and they could see, you know, perhaps how other people were, were responding to them. And so it was a real it was a real privilege to be able to kind of gain a little bit more insight and understanding into the challenges that people with um, psoriasis sometimes face. Um, and to be able to, you know, hopefully offer some support and for people to be able to access um, or have the potential to access a treatment um, that actually, in the end, for some people was quite life changing, um, you know, if it, if it worked and um, meant that their psoriasis went into remission um, as a result of having the drug. Uh, and the opportunity to have the the drug as part of the trial. So yeah, it was it was great. And and from there, it really kind of developed my interest in psoriasis and understanding, like I say, of the impact. And um, then I was offered the opportunity to um, apply for the position that I'm in now as program manager. And um, a part of me sort of felt like I might really miss. 
um, the contact with the patients because that's what I really enjoyed doing. Um, but this project feels still um, really worthwhile to me because of the impact that it has on a large group of people, obviously the global population of people with psoriasis and the potential um, for the positive impacts that it will have um, for improving access to care and, and, and understanding on a global scale of the disease that I've seen on an individual scale, you know, um, um, basis, sort of how, how that impacts the individual um, and how important it is to, to be having this, this kind of research um, undertaken to, to improve the lives of people with psoriasis all over the world. I want to thank you very much for being a part of this documentary today. To hear someone so knowledgeable and passionate about psoriasis is so refreshing to hear as someone who has it. And I'm sure everyone found what you have just said extremely interesting, like I have. Thank you very much for coming on. Is there anything you want to shout out, plug to do with the Global Psoriasis Atlas? Oh, well, I think if people are interested in finding out more about psoriasis and, you know, for example, how many people have psoriasis in their country um, or the region, you know, in which they live, then you can visit the Global Psoriasis Atlas website um, and and search up there. The, the other thing is that there are lots of resources on that, um, on the website, um, that give information about sort of the key messages from some of our research publications and um, some of the work that the team that I work with um, are doing so people might find that interesting. And also to anybody who does have psoriasis or knows anybody with psoriasis, there are lots of organisations out there um, that provide support and information for people um, with the disease to help them um, to manage uh, the challenges that they face and, and provide, you know, up-to-date and correct information. Thank you very much for your time. Oh, thanks, Josh. It's a pleasure. Psoriasis affects you in so many ways that you might not think of. Clothing is one of them that many people struggle with. What they can or can't wear is so difficult. The people that have the condition on their arms or legs to feel comfortable to even leave the house. When on holiday in a pool, some don't feel comfortable to go in with their skin, including myself. A few things that I have found flare up my psoriasis are actually a few foods that I have had to cut out of my diet entirely. For me, those foods are any type of pork product or anything spicy could cause me to have a flare up. These are only a few of the smaller things that the condition does to people. As you've been able to hear during this documentary, psoriasis affects you as much mentally as it does physically. To have something growing on your body consistently is so scary. It takes such a mental toll on you. With the era of social media we are in, it's all about how you look. And having something so noticeable on your body affects your self-confidence massively. As much as it has physically affected me, the mental toll is indescribable. Every photo, every video, you're looking for if your psoriasis is on show. Every time you leave the house, you're worried someone's going to make a comment. It's a mental battle not to hate how you look or whenever you do anything. 
I hope this has helped you understand what psoriasis is and how it affects people in so many ways. I hope this has helped you understand what psoriasis is and how it affects people in so many different ways. A massive thank you to Lauren and Rebecca for coming on and to help us understand from different points of view. I thank you very much for listening.